Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Jungle Tales of Tarzan by Edgar Rice Barrows Chapter 10 The Battle for Tika The day was perfect. A cool breeze tempered the heat of the irreparable sun. Peace had reigned within the tribe for weeks. No enemy had trespassed upon its preserves from without. To keep in mind all this is significant evidence that the future be identical with the immediate past. Utopia would would persist. Sentinels, now from habit, became a fixed tribal custom. Neither lapsed their vigilance or entirely deserted their posts. At, as the whims seized them, the tribe was fast scattered in search of food. Thus, many peace, prosperity undermined the safety of the most primitive community, even than it does that of the most cultured. Even the individuals become less watchful, alert, so that one night have thought Numba and Sumba and Sita entirely deleted the scheme of things, the she's galoos roamed unguarded through the sullen jungle, while the greedy males foraged far afield. Thus it was that Tika and Gazan of Baloo hunted upon extreme southern edge the tribe, no great male near them. Still further south, there moved through the forest a sinister figure, a huge bull ape, maddened by solitude and defeat. A week before he descended to the kingship of a tribe far distant, now battered and still sore, with only wilderness and outcasts. Later he might return to his own tribe, to submit to the will of the hairy brute he had attempted to throne. For the time being, he dared not do so, since he sought not only a crown, but the wives as well, of his lord and master, requiring time moon at, lo- at least, bringing forgetfulness to him he had wronged, and to talk. So talk wandered a strange jungle, grim, terrible, hate-filled. It is this mental state that talk came and spent upon a young she feeding in the jungle, a stranger she lithe and strong and beautiful, young companion. Took Cold his breath had sunk quickly to one side of trail, a dense forage, the chub of one brooch concealed him from Tika, while permitting him to feast his eyes upon a loveliness. Not alone were they not alone were they concerned with Tika. They roved the ju- ju- surrounding jungle in search of the bulls and cows of blues of a tribe, the princely for the bulls, and one coverts as she from the alien tribes. One must take into consideration the great fierce hairy guardians, who seldom wander far from their ward, who will fight a stranger to death, in protection for the mate of the offspring of a fellow, precisely they fight for their own. Took could not see no sign of any ape other than the strange she, a young baloo playing nearby. His wicked bloodshot eyes half closed, they rested upon the charms of the former. 
As for Lou, one snap with a great jaws upon the back of his little neck, a benefit raising an unnecessary alarm. Took was a fine big male, resembling in many ways. Take his mate Tug. Each was in big prime, each was wonderfully muscled, perfectly fanged, and was horribly ferocious, the most exacting tickler she could wish. Had Tug been in her own tribe, Tika might as readily have yielded him as to Tug. When her mating time arrived, now she was Tug's, another male acclaimed her without first defeating Tug in personal combat. And even when Tug remained some rights retains the rights in the matter. She did not favour correspondent, she would enter the list of her rightful mate to do her part towards discouraging advances. Part two would prove to me no mean assistance to his lord, Master of Tika. You know her fangs were smaller than males, could use them to excellent effect. Just now Tika was occupied at fascinating search of beetles and for inclusion of all else. She did not realise how far she and Gazan can separate from the balance of the tribe, nor were defences senses upon alert as they should have been. Months of immunity and danger under protecting watchfulness of sentries, which had taught the tribe to post, had lured them into a sense of peaceful security, based on that fatality. It wrecked many enlightened communities of past, continue to wreck others in the future. But because they have not been attacked, they never will be. Took, having said as far that only she in a balloon in the immediate vicinity crept stealthily forward. Tigger's back was toward him. He finally rushed upon her, but her senses all were at last awakened, presence of danger. She wheeled her face to strange ball just before he reached her. Took, halted a few paces from her. His anger fled before the seductive female charms of the stranger. He made considerable noises, a species of chucking, chucking noises, chucking noises with his bull fat lips. They too not greatly similar to that might be pronounced, producing us very solo. Tika made only bare her fangs and growled. A gazan started to run. Little gazan started to run towards his mother, which wandered away a quick garara, telling him to run high into a tall tree. Evidently Tika was not favorably impressed by her young suitor, new suitor. Tug realised this and altered his methods accordingly. He swelled his drake chest, beat it, beat upon it, his cutterized knuckles, and swagger to and fro before him. I am Tug, he boasted. Look at my fighting fangs. Look at my great arms and my mighty legs. With one bite I slay your biggest bull. Alone here I slay Sita. I am Tug. Tug wants you. When that waited for effect, nor did he. Have long to wait, Tika turned with a swiftness, which belied a great weight and bolted the opposite direction. Took with angry growl, leapt in pursuit. The small and lighty female was too fleet for him. Chased her for a few yards, and then, foaming and barking, he halted and beat upon the ground with his hard fists. From trees above, little Gazan looked down and witnessed the stranger bull's discomfort. Being, being young and thinking himself safe in the reach of the heavy male, Kazan screamed an ill-timed insult and a tormentor. Tug looked up at Tika and was halted at a little distance. She could not go go far from her balloon, and Tug quickly realised 
realised he was quickly determined to take advantage of. He saw the tree in which young apes squatted was isolated that Gazan could not reach another without coming to earth. He was attaining the mother through her love for a young. Showing himself in the lower branches of the little tree, Gazan seated something, the impression of the derivatory, changed to one of apprehension, which was quickly followed by fear. Tog commenced to ascend towards him. Tigger screamed to Gazan to climb higher, and the little fellow scampered upward among the tiny branches, which would not support the weight of a great ball. But nevertheless, Tog kept on climbing. Tigger was not fearful. She knew he could not descend far enough to reach Gazan. She sat at a little distance of the tree, applied jungle opium to him. Being a female, she was a master of the arts. But she did not know the levit cunning of Tog's little brain. She took it for granted that the bull would climb as high as he could towards Tegzan, and then, finding what he could not reach him, resumed his pursuit for her. She knew to prove equally fruitless. So sure she was the safety of her balloon, and ability to take care of herself, she did not waste a cry for help, which soon would have brought the other members of the tribe flocking to her side. Tug slowly reached the limit up to which he dared risk his great weight the slender branches, Kazan still fifteen feet above him. The bull braced itself and seized the main branch in his powerful hands. Then he commenced shaking it vigorously. Taker was appalled. Instantly she realized that the bull what the bull purposed, Kazan clung far out upon a swaying limb. At first shaking lost his balance, though he did not quite fall. Clean still with his four hands, but took redoubled all his efforts, shaking with a violent flapping, a limb to which the young ape clung. Tigger saw it all too faintly, what the outcome might but must be, forgetting her own danger and depth of her mother love, rushed forward to ascend the tree, give back to the fearsome creature, and manage the life of her little one. Before she even reached the bowl, Tiger seized by violently shaking the branches, loosing its hands hold. A cried a fellow fellow plunged down for the foliage, clutching furtively for a new hold, lightened with a slipping thud his mother's feet, where she lay silent motionless. Moaning, Tigger stooped to fit the still form her arms the same instant Tug was upon her. Struggling, biting, she fought to free herself, but the great muscles of the great ball were too much for lesser strength. Tug struck and choked her repeatedly, finally, till finding out of consciousness, she lapsed in quasi-submission, and the bull lifted her to his shoulder and turned back to the trail towards the south from whence he had come. Upon that ground lay the quiet form, little Gazan. He did not moan, he did not move. Sun rose slowly towards Manadan, a mangy thing lifting its noise, those that sent the jungle breeze, crept through the underbrush. The dango, the hyena, presenting his ugly muzzle, broke through some near foliage and cries fastened upon Kazan. I let million Tarzan apes had gone to the cabin by the sea. It passed many an hour at such times the tribe was ranging in vicinity. On the floor lay the skeleton of man, all remained of the former Lord Graceland. Lay as it had fallen some twenty years before, when a Kerachet, the great ape, had thrown it lifeless. There long since had the termites and small rodents picked clean and sturdy in his bones. For years Tarzan had seen it lying there, giving no more attention than he gave the countless thousand 
bones that strewed the jungle haunts on a bed and have a smaller skeleton repose and youth invigored he revigored the other how could the one know you know one being his mother the other his mo- father the other his mother the poor bones in rude cradle furnished furnished f- fashioned with such loving care by the former lady's grove and nothing to him only one thing that the skull was to help prove his right to put pre proud title far beyond his stinking the satellites of the sums of Oregon, the tiles and they were bones, just bones. He didn't need them, but there was no meat upon them. Death upon them. They were not in his way, for he knew no necessity for a bed. And the skeleton on the floor, he easy could step over. The day he was restless, he turned the pages first of one book, then another. He glanced at pictures he knew by heart, tossed the books aside, rummaged for the thousandth time cupboard. He took the bag and obtained several small round pieces of metal. He played with them many times in years gone by, of course. He played with them many times in the years gone by, but always he placed them carefully. A bag and the bag he covered upon the very shelf where the first he discovered it. In strange ways did the territory. Manifest itself in an ape man. Come along, really race. Yourselves are orderly without knowing why. The apes drop things whenever they're interesting. When waned in the whole grass of, of the high flung branches of trees. And what they did drop, what they dropped, they sometimes found again. Accent, not so the ways of Tarzan. For his few feelings, he had a pace of strokes. Scrupulously, he returned each thing to its proper place, which he done with it. The round pieces of metal in the little bag, always interesting, raised pictures were upon either side, a meaning in which he did not know quite understand. Pieces bright and shiny, amusing, arranged them in various figures upon the table. Hundred times we played this, thus. Today, while I was so engaged, he dropped a lovely yellow piece, an English sovereign, which rolled beneath the bed, where lay once the mortal, of the once beautiful Lady Alice. True to the form, Tarzan once dropped his hands and knees and stretched beneath the bed, lost gold of grace. Strange as it might appear, he never before looked beneath the bed. He found the gold piece and something else he found too. A small wooden box with a loose cover. Bringing them both out, he returned the sovereign to its bag. Bag is its shelf within the cupboard, which he investigated. When then he investigated the box, it contained in quality cynical bits of metal. Cone shaped at one end and flat at the other, projecting rim. They were all quite green and dull, covered years of vengrigorous. Tarzan removed a handful of them, 
upon the box from the box and examined them. He rubbed one, rubbed one upon the other and discovered that green came off, leaving a shiny surface two thirds of their length, a dull grey over the cone shaped end. Finding a bit of wood, he rubbed out one of the cinders rapidly. He rewarded by a lustrous sheen which pleased him. At his side hung a pocket pouch taken from the body of one of the numerous black warriors he slain into his pouch put a handful of new playthings. Thinking to punish them at the ledger, he placed the box beneath the bed. Finding no more to amuse him, left the cabin and started back in the direction of trying. Shortly before he reached them, he heard a great commotion ahead of him, loud screams of sheaves and balloons, savage angry barking and growling, great balls instantly increased his speed for the collegs. had come to his ears, warning him something was amiss with his fellows. Had Tarzan been occupied with his own devices, the cabin of his dead sire, took Tika's mighty mate, had been hunting a mile to the north of the tribe. Last his belly filled, he turned lazy back towards the clearing, where his last seen tribe were presently commenced, passing its members scattered, alone or two, in twos and threes. How else did he see Tika or Gazan soon again crying the other apes? where they might be, but none had seen them recently. Now the lower orders are not highly imaginative. They do not, as you and I, paint vivid mental pictures of things which might have occurred. So Turk did not know, now apprehend, that any misfortune had overtaken his mate, the offspring, he really knew that he wished to find Tika. He might lie down in shade, have a have crushed, scratched his back, his breakfast digested. But though he called to her and searched for her and asked each whom he met, he could find no trace of Tika or Nogazan either. He began to become peeved. I had about made up his mind to chase him, Tika for wandering so far afield. He wanted her. He was moving himself to along a game trail. He cursed souls and knuckles, giving forth no sound. They came upon Dago at the opposite side of a small clearing. The eater of Karen did not see Tog, for all his eyes were for something which lay in the grass beneath the tree, something upon which he was sneaking to the curious stealth of his breed. Togam almost kept cautious self. Always cautious self as he could be humans. One who flares up and down the jungle dies to survive. To survive, swing never let it noisy the tree. They could not do have a better view of clearing. He did not fear Dogo. He wanted to see what it was that Dago stalked, or where he possibly he'd accoted as much by curiosity as by caution. And when Tug reached a place in branches which he could have an obscured of an obscured view, clearing saw Dago, or he's sniffing somebody directly beneath him. So he told, instantly recognised the lifeless form, little Gazan. A cry is so frightful and beseastful. He was momentarily paralysed, a startled bingo. Dango, a great ape, launched his mighty bulk upon the surprised Aina. A cry is now Dango, crushed to earth, turned to tear his assailant, but as effectively might as a sparrow turn upon her hawk. Toad's great gnarled fingers closed upon the framer's throat and back. 
He draws snap one and a mangy neck. Question of opening, then he hurtled the dead body contemptuously aside. Again his raised voice and dull. The call of bowl ate to its mates, but no reply. He leaned down to sift the body of Gazan. Rest his savage hideous beast, their height beat their hearts, which was moved. However slightly there's some emotions of parental love which affect us. Even we have no actual evidence of this, we might know it still, since only this might be explained as survival of the human race, in which jealousy, selfishness of bulls would, in the early stages of the race, have wiped out the young rapidly as they brought in the world, had not God implanted a savage bosom, parental love, ever emphasizes this itself most strongly, protected instinct of the man. So the protective instinct was not alone highly developed, but affected from his offspring as well. But Turkos are unusually the intelligent specimen, these great man like apes, which the natives of Gubi spoke in their whispers, but which no light man had ever seen or seen live to tell of until Tarzan apes came among them. So Turkos felt sorrow, any other father might feel sorrow at the loss of a young little kid, a little child. So little Gazan might have seemed a hideous impulsive creature, but a tug to you and the Gazan might have seemed a hideous impulsive creature, but took and Tika he was as beautiful and cute as your little Mary of Julie, or Elizabeth, Anne, or to you, and he was he was their fullest born. They were only below, and he and he three things that might make the young mate of the apple, then he found father's eye. For a moment, Tug sniffed at the quiet little form. With his muzzle and his tongue, he smoothed and caressed the rumpled coat. From his savage lips bore a low moan. Quickly upon his heels, a sorrow came over his desire for revenge. Leaping his feet, he screamed at a volley Kahara's. Punctured from time to time by the blood frenzied cry of an angry, challenging bull, a raged mad bull, the blood lost strong upon him. As his cry came the cries of the tribe as they swung through the trees toward him. It was these that Tarzan heard for his return to the cabin. The implied enemy raised his own voice and hurried forward with increased speed until he fairly flew through the middle heresies of the forest. At last he came upon the tribe, he saw that their members gathered a tug and something which lay quietly upon the ground, jumping among them so as approached the centre of the group. Tug was still rowing out his challenges. But when he saw Tarzan, he ceased and stopped, picked up Gazan in his arms and held him out to Tarzan to see. All the bulls of the tribe take had affection for Tarzan only. 
Tarzan he trusted and looked up to, the one wiser and more cunning. The Tarzan he came to now to the playmate of his blue days, the companion of innumerable battles of his immaturity. Tarzan saw his still form in Tog's arms. Low growl broke from his lips. He too loved Turka's little balloon. Who did it? he asked. Where is Tika? I do not know, replied Tog. I have found him lying here and Dago about to feed upon him. But it was not Dago that did it. There are no fang marks upon him. Tarzan came closer and placed her ear against Jan breast. He is not dead, he said. Maybe he will die, not die. Press through the crowd of apes, circle one another about them, examine the ground step by step. Suddenly he stopped and placed his nose close to the earth, sniffed. He found his feet giving a peculiar cry. Took and his others pressed forward, but Sandy told them that their hunters found the spore of his crying. Stranger bull has been here, said Tarzan. It was he that hurt Gazan. He has carried off Tika. Turgan the other bulls commenced a roar of threaten, but he did nothing. Had the stranger bull been within sight, it would have torn him to pieces. It did not occur to them to follow him. If it's the three bulls been watching around the tribe, this would have not happened, said Tarzan. Such things would happen as long as you do not keep the three bulls watching for the enemy. The jungle's full of enemies, yet you've let them your sheaves, blues feed by their will alone and unprotected Tarzan goes now. He goes to find Tika, bring her back to the tribe. The idea appealed to the other bulls. We'll go, we'll go, go, they cried. No, said Tarzan, you will not go, all go. We cannot take cheese and balloons when we get out, go out for the hunt and fight. You must remain to guard them or you will lose them all. They scratched their heads, the wisdom and this advice was dawning upon them. But first, had they been carried away by a new idea? Why do you following up an enemy offender to wrest his prize from him and punch him? Community instinct was ingrained in their characters, rages custom. They did not know why they had got just a thought pursued and punished offender. They could not know that it was because they had yet not reached the mental plane which would permit them to work as individuals. Times of stress, a community instinct set them huddling into a compact herd where the other great bulls, by the weight of their combined strength and ferocity, would best protect them from an enemy. The idea separating the good battle from the foe had not yet occurred to them. In a too foreign to custom, so immature to community interests, the Tarzan is the first most immature natural fault. His senses told him. There uh, was but a single bull connected with attack upon Tika Gazan, a single man, not required to tie a tribe with, with, with his punishment. Two swift bulls moved, could quickly overhaul him and rescue Tika. The past no one ever had fought go forth in search of cheese, a cagey stolen from tribe. Nimbus Simba, Sheeta of the Mondrian, Bullet, whenever a tribe chanced to carry off a maid, a matron, while no one was looking, that was the end of it. She was gone, that was all. A breed husband, if the victim chanced to have been mated, ground away for a day or two, and then, if they were shot, took another mate within the tribe. 
Not is not one of the jungle on the chance of city one by another community. In the past, Tarzan the Apes had condoned his practice. For the reason he had no interest in those who had been stolen. Tika had been his first love, and Tuka's Baloo held a place in his heart such as Baloo's own would have held. Just once before, Tarzan and Bishop had been fond of revenge. It had been years before when Kabula, the son of Mboga, the chief, had slain Kala. Then, single hand, Tarzan pursued and avenged. Now, though, through a lesser degree, he is moved by the same passion. He moved towards Tug, leave Tazan, Tazan Mumba, said she is old and her fangs are broken. She is no good. She cannot take care of Gazan till we turn for Tika. It was Tarzan is dead. When we come back, he turned towards Munga, to address Munga. You will kill, uh, kill you too. Where are we going? asked Tug. We're going to seek, get Turka, replied the ape man, and kill the bull who stole her. Come, turned away to spoil the stranger bull. They slowly, plainly, should play to his trailing trenches. He did not glance back to note that Tog followed. Later did Gazan in Amango's arms of a painting. He died, Tarzan would kill you. He followed after two brown, after the brown skin figure, as already was moving at slow trot among the jungle trail. No other bull the tribe of Kalek was so good at Trazen as Tazan as Tarzan. No other bull the tribe of Kalek was so good at training as Tarzan, for his trained senses were aided by a high order of intelligence. His judgment told him natural trail of the quarry to follow, so he need not note the most inherent marks upon the way. Today the trail of the trunk was as plain to him as type upon printed page as you to you or me. When close behind the lady figure the ape man came the huge and shaggy bull ape. No words could pass between them. He moved aside two shadows among the mildred shadows of the forest. Lurt of his eyes and ears was Tarzan passing hand nose. Bar was fresh. Now they passed for the range of strong ape odour. The tribe had been little difficulty following talk and Tika by scent alone. Tika Sonia spent or told both Tarzan and Tug they were upon her trail. Soon the sense of Tug, Tug became as familiar as the other, progressing rapidly when sunny, dense clouds overcast the sun, so an accelerated pace. Now he fairly flew along the jungle trail, or where Tug had taken the trees fairly nimbly as a squirrel among the bending, undulating pathway, forage branching, swinging from tree to tree, the Tug had swung before them, but more rapidly because they were not handicapped by burdens such as Tug's. Tarzan felt they must be upon the quarry, but the scent pole becoming stronger and stronger. The jungle was suddenly shot by livid lightning. A deafening roar of thunder reverberated through the heavens, forest till the earth trembled with shock. 
shook their cane of rain, not as it comes of temporal domes, but mighty advance, avalanche, the deluge of spilled tons, so the drops upon the blinding forest giants, the terrified creatures, caught their shade. Rain did what Tarzan knew it would do, wiped the spoil of the quarry from the face of the earth. For half an hour the torrents fell, when the sun burst forth the jeweling in the forest, a million scandent gems, by the day, by the day, the tape men, usually alert to the changing wonders of the jungle, saw them not. Only the fact that the explorer of Tika, a doctor of found lodgment in his thoughts. Even among the branches of trees were the well-worn trails, just for the trails upon the surface of the ground, the trees they branched and crossed more often, since the way is more open than among the dense undergrowth of the flat surface. Long one of these well-marked trails, Tarzan the took, continued after the rain had ceased, because the ape man knew that this was the most logical path thief to follow, but they came to folk and were lost. Here they halted while Tarzan examined each branch and leaf which might have been touched by a fleeing ape. He sniffed the ball of the tree with his keen eyes. He sought to find the bark some way of sign of the way the quarry had taken his slow work but all the time Tarzan knew all the alien tribe was foraging turning away from them gaining precious minutes might carry him safety before they could catch up with him first along one fault he went then another applying every test the wonderful carnival craft had consonated of all more of but again and again it baffled the scent had been washed away a heavy downpour in every both place half an hour Tarzan took Searched it and last upon the bottom of the broad leaf, towards an old keen nose with fault. The faint trace of the scent pole's bar. A toque leafed across the hairy shoulder. The great ape passed through the foliage. Once again, the two took up the trail, but it's slow work now. They are mainly discouraging delays. The spoil seemed lost beyond recovery. To you or me, there would have been no spoil, even before the coming of the rain, except possibly the took had come to earth and followed a tra- game trail. In such places, the print of a large hand-like foot and knuckles of one great hand was sometimes plain enough for an only mortal to read. So as I knew these and other indications, that the ape was carrying Tika, the depth of the imprint of his foot indicated which way to wait out of any of the larger balls that they made under the combined weight that took a Tika, by the fact that the knuckles of how one of one hand touched the ground at every time showed that the other hand was occupied in some other business, the business holding the prisoner to a hairy shoulder, Tarzan could follow, showed the places to change in the burden, one shoulder to another, was indicated with a deepening of the footprint imprint on the side of the load, and changing the knuckle imprints from one side of the trail to the other. There were stretches among the surface paths. There were sketched stretches among the surface paths, but a grape had grown for, gone for its critical distance entirely 
erect upon his hind feet, walking as man walks. The great might have been true as any of the great amphipods. The same species for a likely chimpanzee, the gorilla, he walked with them without the aid of their hands, quite really as with. As with. Is such things, uh, however, helped to identify Tarzan that took appearance of Grant Doctor, his usual scent, characteristic, already indelible, impressed upon their memories. They were in a, a far position to know him. They came down upon him, even though he had been disposed to Tigger before. But his modern self, his photographs and virtual measurements, quick to recognize the fugitive from the civilized few justice. With their high strung dunkly, the chin perceptive facilities, two balls of trochilic, this often so pressed to follow the trail at all, and best of so delayed. The afternoon of the second day is still not overhauled the fugitive. The scent was now strong, for it had been made of since the rain, and Tarzan knew it would be not be too long they came upon the theft from the thief in his loop above them, as they crept stealthily forward, chattering, chattered Mandoon. A monkey's thousand fellows squawked and screamed. Brazen fruited birds of plumage buzzed, buzzed the humid, hummed of countless insects amid the rustling of forest leaves as they passed. Little grey beards squawked, squeaking and scolding. Upon a swaying branch looked down and saw them. Is his scolding, squeaking ceased, and off toward the little tailed mite as though speech of the panther. Been endowed with wings, and it was close with Zubin. For all appearances, only the very little frightened. Is there very much a frightened little monkey? Save his life, it's there seemed nothing sinister about him. And what Tigger, your mother Tigger, during all this time, where she was at, where she we at last designed to her fate, accompanying a bone male, the power of humanity, the loving, tractable. Faust, his sense glance. Tingle likes the pair which have answered those questions, right as such fashion most copious. He was torn and bleeding from many wounds inflicted by Sop and Duke. The vain efforts of subdued her his will, and in Tuck too was defigured, limited, but with stubborn ferocity he still clung to his now useless pride. On through the jungle, he forced his way to the direction of stumping round of his tribe. He hoped that his king would have forgiven his season. He had not still, he was still not resigned to his fate. Any fate would be better than suffering longer the sole companionship of his frightful she. And he, then too, he wished to exhibit his treasure, his fellows. Maybe he could wish her on a king. Possible that such a thought urged him on. Alas, they came upon two bulls feeding the part of white groves. Beautiful grove dotted with huge boulders, half embedded in a rich loom, moot mo- monuments, possibly of forgotten age, when mighty glaciers roll their slow course, for now a toyed sun beats down upon a tropical jungle. The two bulls locked up, burying long fighting fangs of talk, appeared in the distance, the later recognised the two friends, to his friends it took, easily growled, took. 
Come back with new female, ain't she? Bates waited in his near approach to her. Turn a snarling, feigned face. All them she is not pretty to look upon. Yet though the blood is hated upon her countenance, he realized she was beautiful. The envy took, too look, took. Alas, they did not know Tika. They squatted among, looking at one another. They raced among the trees toward them. A long tail of the monkey, great whiskers, he was a very sighted little monkey, came to halt upon the limb. A tree directly overhead. Two strange gold balls come, cried one of them to Magari. There was a hideous ape about hair upon his body. They followed smaller talk. I saw them. Before apes turned their eyes backward, long trail took just come. They looked at one another for a minute. Come, said the larger took slow friends. But wait for strangers in the thick bushes beyond the clearing. He turned and waded way across the open. He turned and waded way across the open place. The others followed him. A little monkey danced about excitement. Chief of this virgin life to bring about bloody encounters. Being larger than in the forest. Might sit in safety of trees and witness the spectacles. If Vladimir Gore, it was Gore, that was his little whiskered grey monkey. So long as it was Gore, others, typical fight fan was the grey beard. The apes did hid themselves in shrubbery beside the trail along which the two stranger bulls would pass. Tigo trembled with excitement. She had heard the words of Mimoon, and she knew the headless ape would be, it must be Tarzan. Well, the others was doubtless took. Never in her wildest hopes she expected to secure this salt. One might, one her fault, been to escape and find her way back to the tribe of Kulik. Even this had appeared to be practically possible so closely did Tug, Tug, watch her. As Tug and Tarzan reached the grove there, where Tug, and come upon his friends that each scent become so strong that both in the quarry was about a short distance ahead. So they went even more cautiously, but they wished to come upon the thief from behind. They could charge him, for he was aware of their presence. That a little grey whispered monkey restored them. They did not know, nor the three pairs of savage eyes already watching, every move and waiting for them to come within reach of itching paws and slavering, slavering jaws. Covering jaws, on came across the grove. As they entered the path leading the dense jungle, beyond the second, sudden Craig shelled out close behind the crowd. by Satika, small brains of Tug, and companions were not able to foresee that Tuka by trade them, and now she had that she had they went wild with rage. Tug struck her. Struck that she, she, a mighty blow, but she set up elder, and the three rushed forth to do battle with Tarzan Duke. Then the monkey danced upon his perch and screamed with delight. Indeed, he might well be delighted, for it was a lovely fight. There were no primities, no formalities, no introductions. Five balls merely charged a clinch. They rolled in a narrow trail and into thick and vendure. Besides it, they bit and clawed and scratched and struck. All the while they kept the most frightful chorus of growlings, barkings and roarings. Five minutes they were torn and bleeding. The little greybeard gray leaped foot high, trilling his primitive bravos. But always his attitude was thumbs down. He wanted to see something killed. He did not care whether it was friend or foe. 
It was blood. He wanted blood and death. Took been set upon by Tug. Another of the apes, my Tarzan had the third, huge brute with the strength of a buffalo. Never for a Tarzan assailant beheld such strange a creature, his slippery, hairless bull with which he battled. Sweat and blood covered Tarzan's sleek, brine hide. Again and again he slipped from the crutches of the great bull. And all the while he struggled to free his hunting knife, the scabbard which he had struck, had stuck. At length he succeeded, brown hands shot out and clenched. Harry's throat, another flew upward, clutching a sharp blade, three swift, powerful strokes, bull relaxed with a groan, falling limp beneath its antagonist. Instantly, Tarzan broke from the clutches of the brave bull, and sprang to Tug's assistant, Tug, Tug, saw him coming and willed to beat him. A pinpet charge, Tarzan's knife was wrenched, his hand and then Tug, closed with him. Now the battle even, two against two, while on the verge Tuga, now recovered from a blow, as Felder struck waiting for the opportunity to aid. She saw Tarzan's knife and picked it up. She never had used it, but now knew Tarzan used it. Her Tarzan used it. Always she'd been afraid of the thing which dealt death to the mightiest of the jungle people. The ease of Tantor's great what dust deal death to Tantor's enemies. She saw Tarzan's pocket pouch torn from his side. Cross even and even danger and excitement cannot entirely dispel. She picked this up too. Now the balls are standing, clenches are grown broken. Blood streamed down his sides, her faces were crimson with it. Little grey beard was so fascinating. At last he had never even forgotten to scream and dance, but they sat rigid with delight and enjoyment of the spectacle. Back across the grove, Tarzan and Tug forced those adversaries, adversaries, adversaries. Tikas followed slowly. She scarcely knew what to do. Aim was so exhausted for frightful ordeal. Though she had not had a pass, she had had the confidence of the sex, powers of her mate and of other bull of her tribe. They would not need the help of a she a battle with these two strangers. These two strangers. Roars and screams and fighters reverberated for the jungle. Waking the echoes of distant hills, a throat of Tarzan antagonists came his skull, Kalex, and now from behind came the plane that waited. In the grove, barking of growling, came a score huge bull apes, fighting men to try. Tikan saw and first the screen of warning, Tarzan took. He fled past the fighters, water up his side of clearing, fear for the moment claiming him. Not, nor can one censor her. After the frightful deal for she he was still suffering. Down upon they came the great apes in a moment Tarzan took. He tore the shreds, but would later bit form a piece to Tristance, the savage gorgy of Jundum. Take her turn to glance back. Dig her turn to glance back. Saw the painting fate of her defenders. They had sprung to life and their burst burst the savage bosom. Spark of rain mounted them. They had mounted some common forebear. The transmitted light to Tika, a wild ape, which glorious women of the higher order who invited death from their men. With shrill rolling in the great mass of her foot on the huge boulders, dug a grove, what she could do. Or well, what could she do? 
and I she held less could not use advantage with a lesser strength. She had even seen Tarzan throw missiles. She learned this from many things with her childhood playmate. Alas, her fingers touched upon the hard steps of Phelps, been torn for the mate man. Tearing her respectable open, she gathered a handful of strange spectacle senators, heavy with their size. With their size. They seemed of her breaking good missiles. For all her strength, she threw them. They each battling in the front of the granite boulder. The result surprised Tika quite so much as it did the apes. There was an explosion which deafened the fighters. A puff of arid, 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 air smoke. Never before had one heard such a frightful noise, screaming with terror. The stranger bulls leaped to their feet and fled back towards the stamping ground. The tribe, while took and Tarzan, slowly generally gathered themselves together, rose lame and bleeding to their feet. They too would have fled had they not seen Tika standing there before them in a hand, knife in the pouch pocket in her hands. What was it? Our Tarzan, Tika shook her hand. Head, I heard these at the stranger balls. She held forth another handful of shiny metal corridor cinders, which had dull grey coastline shaped ends. Tarzan looked at them, scratched his head. What are they? asked Tug. I do not know, Tarzan. I found them. The grey beard halted among the trees, a mile away and huddled terrified against the branch. She did not know. The dead father Tarzan apes, reaching back at the grave of a path, across the span of twenty years to save his son's life. Nor did Tarzan, Lord Scrapestroke, knew it either. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three forty nine dollars a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.